trying to get the leg free, but he's just not going to be able to do it. Johnny K simply says, you can keep doing that all you want. He's going to keep punching in the face. Wow. And he took it to him in his own position. So now, if one keeps going. Kintayoka's lying on his back there, Frank. I think he's done. No, they're, they're, they're trying to help him up. I think this, if the referee notices this, then he's not. He's not noticing. He didn't notice wow. any of this at all. The referee did not notice any of that. That is, I don't understand how he missed all that. How the referee is now questioning Kiteoka, asking him, are you able to continue? Paying attention here. This fight could end, Frank. Yeah, it could end between rounds. Let's see what happens. He's going to keep the other corner. I'm kind of, I'm kind of worried now at this point. He's got no energy left. He's got beaten his own game plan. Oh, they're going to they're they're end the fight, Frank. They're going to end the fight. They throw it in there. Fight is over. Johnny Case emerges victorious. Kitayoka's corner has thrown in the red baton saying that is it. Fight is over. We will not let our fighter continue. Wow. That was great. Hey everybody, you are listening to the We Are Rising Podcast. This is your host, Andrew Benjamin, and I am joined once again by my incredibly awesome co-host, Jay Christian Gary from Focus Fights. Uh, yeah, can you kind of hold off on that for a second? Oh. Sorry. Sorry, Johnny. Okay. okay. I still hear that echo, though, Christian. Okay, I understand. Okay, but I'm going to start it anyway. Okay. Hey, everybody. You are listening to the We Are Rising podcast. This is your host, Andrew Benjamin, and I'm joined once again by my incredibly awesome co-host, Jay Christian Gary from Focus Fights. Hey, y'all. How's everything going? And with us, we have a very special guest. With us, we have Johnny Hollywood Case, fresh off his win against Satoru Kitaoka at Rise of 17. He finished the round of the, uh, Kitaoka in the first round by, I like to call it, corner draggage. But it was actually uh, uh, his corner threw in the towel for him. But um, Johnny, John, thank you once again for taking your time out to talk to us. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on. 
basically Johnny damn near beat Satoru Kitoka to a pulp, and the Lotus Corner just couldn't see enough of it, so they just decided to throw in the towel. Yeah, basically that's what happened. So, I, I gotta ask, is that the first time you've ever sent somebody away on a stretcher after a fight? No, it's, it's the second time, but I've never in my career or life have I beat anybody as bad as I beat that guy. That was, that was, it was, was kind of hard to watch, like, you know, like after afterwards seeing him in the corner and seeing him on the stretcher, it was kind of hard to watch, actually, you know, because it was just so unnecessary. Like, I, you know, there was... I counted. I counted uh, the strikes. I hit him 122 unanswered strikes. He didn't land one strike on me. And 67 of those were significant elbows to his temple. I mean, it was just ridiculous, you know. Yeah, actually, about that, I was gonna say I, I rewatched the fight today, and he didn't get anything on you. Is that is, it for, is that first for you as well? Where you just have never been tagged at all in in your fight career? few fights like that but not very often you know what i mean especially when you're fighting at the high like the highest level that you're fighting you know guys like kidaoka you know i mean like when you're fighting the best guys in the world it's pretty uncommon to get in get out of there without at least getting some sort of injury you know so uh let's talk about the fight um like i like i said it, it basically it only lasted the first round but as uh as soon as uh, the fight started he went for a takedown, and you immediately blocked it. Was that something that you just drilled in uh, in your camp? Uh, just you, you knew that he was going to come right for that takedown um, as soon as the fight started. Yeah, I kind of we kind of assumed that he was going to want to get the fight to the ground. Um, me being a wrestler, I wrestled you know since I, at the age of three. I grew up in Iowa, and you know I probably had two hundred plus wrestling matches before I even started fighting. So wrestling is actually my background before. You know, I just so happen to be a good kickboxer and, and prefer to kickbox. So, um, you know, when, when when we didn't think he was going to shoot, we actually thought he would try to, uh, like, pull guard, like, kind of get the body locked. And so, but, yeah, when that happened, I mean, we were more than ready for it. And then as soon as that happened, he, he pushed you to the uh, to the ring, and then you just started just wailing elbows on him. Uh, if anybody remembers the Josh Barnett-Travis Brown fight, that's exactly how that fight ended. Um and I'm yeah, I'm just wondering like, as you well, actually for those that don't know, you actually wound up breaking your elbow during this um, exchange with the elbows. Is that correct? Actually, good news. So at, when I was in the back room at Verizon, I was in the doctors. They did a like a sonogram uh, on it, and they said that they could see a fracture. Um, but then I got back to the states, and we did an X-ray, and it turns out there's no fracture. So it's just it was just a bad uh, bone contusion, like bone break, and uh, severely swollen and. Oh well, that's good because I remember you did. Uh, initially, it was reported that it was a broken uh, elbow, but but luckily, yeah, yeah, that's that's great. That didn't happen. But okay, so yeah, then that happened. So, how do you remember how many elbows you gave to the side of his uh, to his temple by any chance? I counted sixty-seven. Did you feel him at all go out from any of those, or was it just? Was he? You could just feel him still trying to take you down uh, from that position. No, actually, after the third elbow, so he shot on me and he was like fighting to take me down, and he was actually fighting and like I could feel that he was trying to fight to win the fight. After the third elbow, I felt him go from trying to fight to just try to hang on and survive. So I, I believe at that point, I knew he didn't lose consciousness, but I, I'm pretty sure his headspace changed to the fact where he wasn't 
fighting to fight anymore. You know, he was more or less fighting to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, and then after that, I don't know. Now, it looked like you took him down, but it almost seemed like he tried to go deliberately to the ground himself so that he could maybe go for submission. Did you think, uh, was, do you, do you consider that at all, that he was, that he maybe let you take him down to get into positions that he could submit you? No, no, no. I actually, I ankle picked him is what I did. I had, I had the wizard and he was hanging on to the single leg and I elbowed him and he dropped down to his knee and, uh, and then he went to go work back up again and, uh, I ankle picked him with my right hand and then I switched off, uh, and, and switched it and grabbed his ankle with my left hand, which freed up my right arm, and then I just started raining down the elbows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he tried to go for a heel hook and uh, and the knee bar, but you immediately recognized that, and you just and you were gonna not allow it at all. And then you just started wailing him on him more for the rest of the round. And did you were you at all? Uh, did you ever feel like the referee was gonna stop it at some point, or was it just? I, I don't know. I don't know how to re really ask the question. Like, yeah, did you think the referee should have stopped it at that point? Oh, so yeah. There was a point. I literally, I looked at the ref and I looked at him like, "What do you, you want me to kill this guy? Like, I don't know what else you want me to do, you know?" But you know, being it was a Japanese fighter in Japan, and he wasn't unconscious and he wasn't split open, so I could understand like the referee's point of view. But I mean, at that point, I had I had already hit him, you know upwards of 40 and 50 strikes unanswered, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. if that would have happened in America, like, without a doubt, that fight would have been stopped. But, uh, I don't know. I, I was kind of surprised. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 my job to keep keep going. I mean, if the ref isn't going to stop it, it's my job to keep going and going and going, and, you know. Unfortunately for Kichayoka, he just, he was, it was at his expense, you know. Well, you should know the rule in Japan is that as you can... Give a beanie as long as you as long as you need to, but until there's blood, that's when the fight stops. If there's blood, then that's then the fight will be stopped. Yeah, it's kind of silly, but. Yeah, it's kind of silly, but. Yeah, it's kind of silly, but. Yeah, it's and you went back to your corner, and did you happen? To, now the, everybody was talking about that his corner, the Lotus corner, picked him up and brought brought him back to his corner. And now, like he was not nowhere near his corner. I think it was near one of the neutral corners. So they had to carry him about five or ten feet. Did you happen to see that when that when when they did that? I did not actually. My, and I I, did, I wasn't even facing him in the corner. So I went to my corner and I had my back to him and I was looking at my corner, and uh, they were like. Man, they just picked him up and carried him, and like they were like, "Ref, aren't you gonna like do anything?" They're like, "What the hell, man!" Like, they just drug him to his corner, and that's what that's what they told me. And uh, I was just sitting there like, "Okay," I was trying to catch my breath and get focused to go out there for the second round. And uh, my corner's like, "He's open." My my corner's like, "He's done. He's done." And in my mind, I'm like, "Yeah, he's done. Like, I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna fucking finish him this round." And they're like, "No, he's done. The fight's over." They threw in the towel. So uh, I was I was. Uh, Honestly, when I climbed off of him at the end of the round, he was aspirating like, like he was dying. You know what I mean? Like, like have you ever seen like a uh, like, like like a fucking dying animal? I guess like you know what I mean? Like something on the Discovery Channel. Like he was like gasping for air, and I couldn't. You know, I was like, damn, this guy is so fucking tough. But I, I just assumed as soon as I got up, he was gonna get up and go to his corner. But I didn't even see his corner pick him up and drag him. But, mm. uh, 
Yeah, it was kind of it's kind of boring. And then the ref didn't even stop that, which was kind of a shock. You know, it was kind of shocking to me at that point. But hey, yes. whatever. I mean. Well, then, so then, uh, who exactly do you remember? Who did the, the ref? Someone inform the ref that that well about what happened. Then they called it off. Or well, how exactly was the ref notified about his condition? Or did his teammates well, go to the ref? And, and I don't think, in my opinion, I think the ref looked the other way purposely. I think the ref was like, "Hey, man, like he's a Japanese fighter. Like I'm not gonna stop this fight. If he wants to stop the fight, then." Then they'll stop the fight. And his, actually what happened, his corner threw in the towel. His corner said no more. Because I think after we, we watched the video, they drug him to the corner, and they were trying to talk with him and trying to get him to respond, and he just he just wasn't even there. Like, the lights were on, but no one would tell him, you know? Well, actually, I, I was going to say, yeah, because the commentary mentioned that, he, that the referee was in your corner, and I'm thinking to myself, why would the referee go to you, of all people, you nothing happened to you in the fight. If anything, he should be going over to check Kitaoka because he just got the living sh the, nearly got beat, beaten to death. Yeah, I mean that's it was kind of you know I think that was kind of by design. I think the refs, you know, he didn't want to see it. You know, what I mean, I don't think he, I, I don't think he had any interest in, in stopping the fight. So you would have had to kill him basically to get this fight over with within a round apparently. Either that or he would have. Actually, if you want, I know uh, after after you won, you got the microphone. And you said that everyone should say a prayer for him. Actually, you know it's funny. About maybe seven or eight hours after the the Ryzen show, he tweeted that all he had was a concussion, and that the the thing that he most well, apparently he wouldn't he wasn't cleared to travel to Manila for one of his teammates who was having a fight in the Philippines. So he apparently is okay now and is cognizant. If you can believe I, that. I actually I just talked to them on Instagram morning and uh yeah he wasn't cleared to fly he actually had a uh slight aneurysm that was it yeah that was it yeah um so i mean yeah i wish him uh speedy recovery i mean i know that's that's nothing to take lightly um but yeah yeah he was uh, from my understanding i don't think he's uh cleared to fly anywhere for for a week or so (laughs) as he should not be as he should not be at all um, so it's funny that you've had two you've had two Ryzen fights and they've both been stopped by either the referee or, or the teammates or you've had you've you've had really two unique wins in Ryzen so far. You know, with the first one of Yusuke Yachi, uh Doctor Stoppage and this one, the corner um basically threw in the towel. Uh how do you feel about having these two uh unique wins in Ryzen and also um two uh two great finishes? or I want to knock him out, you know, so, uh, you know, having the ref 
stop the fight, having his corner stop the fight. It's kind of cool. It's unique, but it's it's not the goal. The goal is to to shut shut the machine off, whether it's submission or knockout. Mm-hmm. Well, also I want to bring up also corner stoppages and. Just uh, quickly about the uh, Kitawoka fight and uh, yeah, about corner stoppages. I don't know if you heard about the uh, the boxer who died, the Russian boxer who died recently, uh, Maxine Davichev. Um, there was actually two boxers that died the same week. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Um, yes, yeah. And um, I'm just curious to know, what would happen if that, uh, if that fight had continued into the second round? Let's just say... The referee, for some reason, gave you okay. What do you? I mean, like, I don't want to. I don't want to exaggerate and say like, oh, he would have been dead with the next punch you gave him. But like, I'm just thinking like, it just, it's kind of scary to think that like those two deaths happened, and then look what you did to Kitawoka. And imagine if that round had, if that fight had continued on. I mean, like, yeah, it's it's scary shit, man. It's a scary thought to think of. You know, I mean, honestly, in my head, like when I was sitting in the corner and I thought, you know, I was assuming we're going to the second round. I knew I. I knew I was going to knock him unconscious. Like, I knew the amount of damage that I did to him, and I knew, you know, it was only a matter of time before he was going to be unconscious. So, that, you know, in my head, like, the second round, he was he was getting knocked out regardless. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, in hindsight, dude, that's a scary fucking thing, dude. Like, anybody anybody in a combat sport taking bullets to the head like that, you know, it's, it's not good. It's not good immediate, and it's not good 10 years down the road, you know. So, yeah, it's definitely a scary thought, man. Uh, also, I wanted to say something as well. Um, I'm disappointed that you upset your uh, your Saitama win streak. You are three while you are three zero against Japanese fighters in Saitama. You did not finish this fight in the second round. It was in the first round. So I was very upset that it did not go to the second round. Unfortunately, in that case. Well, actually, funny. The record books have it as a finish in the first round. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. From two first rounds to the two second rounds to a first round. So yeah. Maybe the next one will be within the first minute. Oh, that'd be. Oh, that, or you know, uh, uh, how about the first ten seconds? You know, try to do, try to beat the. Uh, actually, uh, Christian, what's the uh, rising record for fastest knockout? Oh, I, that would have to be the seven second knockout of Charles Bellamy Bennett over Minoru Philip Kimura. Well, that's a record. Um. <laughs> um, actually, uh, speaking of, of the lightweight tournament as well, you said that you really want, uh, out of all, you, you'll, you'll of course fight anyone, but you specifically named, uh, Patricky Pitbull, um, as an opponent. Um, wh- what about him is the, wh- is the ideal opponent for you, 
in the Rise of Lightweight tournament? Well, for starters, he, he's a proven world champion. You know, he's already been in there. He's already won a world title. He's fought the best of the best. And taking him out staples my name as a real world champion. You know what I mean? Um, nobody else on the Ryzen, uh, on the roster, has, has held a world title, to my knowledge. No, certainly not any prestigious uh, promotions like Ryzen, Bellator, UFC. So going out there and beating a champion like that just just puts the world on notice, puts all the lightweights on notice that I'm a real motherfucker and, and this is my time and I'm gonna and I'm not stopping until till I and I do what I set out to do. Curious, even if oh. it's not against Patrick Pitbull, I mean there are certain other fights that would probably suit your interest. Like what would you think about a fight against a guy like Tofik Musayev? Yep, he's the other one on the roster too, for sure. That guy's uh, he's well rounded. He's a great fighter, and uh, he's definitely a worthy challenge too. As is as is everybody in the tournament. You know, I mean, I'm definitely not like looking over anybody. I think everybody in that tournament's going to be a worthy challenge. It's going to be a tough fight, um, without a doubt. But like I said, like the the recognition of you know, Patricky's already won a world title. You know, and he's kind of already uh, kind of touted as you know. Um, like a world caliber champion so that that's that's my goal but yeah Tofik is a fucking beast too you know and, and beating that guy's not gonna be you know not gonna be any any light task so definitely beating Tofik is definitely a big feather in my cap as well um actually also um one thing that, uh, in your rise of fights that we haven't seen that much is is I would say is We've seen you mostly on the stand-up, but I feel like we haven't seen your grappling a lot. What about a, a potential matchup against uh, uh, Roberto De, uh, Satoshi De Souza? Um, yeah, um, who was also on the same card that you um, were on uh, at Rise of 17, and actually also finished his opponent as well, Mizuto Hirota. Um, have you watched any of his stuff by any chance, uh, Johnny? I did. I was actually... Uh... I was in the works to fight him back in April, and we had everything pretty much done with. And then uh, he wanted to fight at a heavier weight. I agreed. He wanted to fight at a heavier weight again. I agreed, and then he finally backed out. So I don't know if his manager was thinking like it wasn't the right time for it, or if they were thinking it was not a good fight matchup, or what they were thinking. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I've studied the guy. I've seen his. I've seen what he's capable of, and. Um, you know, I think he's on two knockouts now. He knocked out uh, both Kateoka and he just knocked out uh, uh, Hiro Hiramata. Is that the guy? Hirota. Mizuto Hirota. Hirota, yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, he's got submission. He's got like seven first round submissions and he's also got two knockouts now. So, he's definitely making a name for himself and uh, he's definitely got skills. Um, but uh, I, I, I think he knows that that fight doesn't play out well for him. Hmm. So, so right now, uh, are you penciled in for the uh, Ryzen, uh, any of the, the Ryzen shows after 18? I, I believe it's Ryzen 19 um, is when the performance will start? Yep, so basically I was I was told, I was talking to Shingo, the matchmaker, and, uh, you know, depending on whether or not my arm was broken uh, was kind of what was depending on whether or not I'd be able to fight on the 18th, or in October, so... Um, so yeah, so that's clear. So yeah, everything's a go ahead. I, I plan on, I plan on, whoever the whoever Ryzen puts in front of me, I plan on taking them out and then on to the semis and the finals New Year's Eve. By the way, I also wanted to ask as well. Uh, when you won the fight uh, at Ryzen 17, uh, the they handed you something like this, like little, I guess like 
plastic or, or no, it's like cardboard. I don't know, check or something, or something. Yeah. What was that exactly? I don't know what it was, but in my head, that was my ticket to the Grand Prix. That's what I saw. That's that's what I that's what I took it as. So. I thought it was maybe one of those extra, like I guess I don't know, an extra finishing bonus or something, or or something along those lines, like. Curious to know as well. Um, in the main event of that show was uh, Yusuke Yachi versus Miku Azakura, and uh, you know Yachi very well as I was your very first opponent in Ryzen, and you finished him uh, soundly as well. Did you happen to see uh, that fight? I did. I did watch that fight. Yep. What is your thoughts on how Yachi fought that fight versus how he fought against you? Um, I think it was very similar. I think they just chose to kickbox and. The other guy was just the better, the better kickboxer that night. Um, but that's the thing, man. Like these, guys, like these guys, I don't see their full skills. You know what I mean? Even at Souza, I think now he's got a couple knockouts. I think maybe he thinks he's well rounded, but I haven't seen any good wrestling out of him. Yeah, he's got good jujitsu, but I'm the complete package, man. I got all three. I got good jujitsu. I got good kickboxing. I got good wrestling, and I know how to beat these guys. I know what they're gonna do. So, you know, that fight, I just thought it was a. It was a poor game plan. He was out there kickboxing. He was losing the kickboxing. Why did he change it up and start wrestling? Why did he take to the ground go for submission? You know. So in my mind, it wasn't it just it just wasn't a solid game plan for him. I think he planned on being the better striker, and when when it was showing that he wasn't the better kickboxer, he, he didn't change up his game plan. And I think that was you know that was kind of the uh, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm. Um, also, want to get your thoughts if you happen to see the fight on. Uh... Fellow American Jay Kuhn taking on the Russian, the dancing Russian, excuse me, Vitaly Shemitov. I did, man. I like that Jay Kuhn kid. He, he's a pretty, good, he's a pretty awesome dude. He's kind of a riot. He's kind of a funny guy, but he's also a bad motherfucker, man. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Uh, what, did you follow at all what Vitaly Shemitov was doing through social media and all that stuff? Uh, yeah, kinda. He was a clown, man. Him and his corners were kind of, I don't know. I, I kind of thought they were. They were a little too focused on the circus act and a little less focused on the fight. And obviously, I mean, he lost the fight. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, but I can tell you this, you know, he he was very over with the Japanese people. If you check their Twitter account, most of their things, most of the videos and hot packages that they put out pretty does resemble the circus act. Uh, speaking of uh, putting on a show, and uh, your your nickname is Hollywood, uh, some non MMA questions I have for you. I'm curious to know, what is Hollywood's favorite movies? Oh man, my favorite movies. I would have to say The Departed is a, one of my really good, one of my top ones. It's a good mafia movie. Um, yeah, obviously Kickboxer, Bloodsport. 
I've been, those have been my, my favorite movies since I was a kid growing up, you know what I mean? And those still those still hold strong today. Um, but yeah, I'm super into like gangster movie, mob movies, stuff like that too. Uh, did you happen to see the trailer for The Irishman that just came out today? The new Mark Scorsese, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci movie? No, but I like what I'm hearing. I'll have to check it out. I believe it is a return to their uh, gangster roots, if I'm correct. Hell yeah. I'm going to have to check that one out for sure. Uh, yeah, oh, yes. It's about the, um, it's about the uh, murder of Jimmy Hoffa. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to check that one out. Um... Any favorite, any favorite movies from this year? Were you a fan of the Avengers movies or any other movies that came out this year? Uh, you know, I, I'm a really big uh, Tarantino fan. That new, uh, what is it, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I know that came out. I haven't got to see it yet, but uh, now that I'm not training all the time and I have a little downtime, I think I'm going to Well, I, I had a chance to see it. I'm not going to say anything, but as a Tarantino fan, you'll probably love it. I'm, I'll put it that way. Um, actually, it's actually funny that you say, uh, about the downtime. I'm curious to know, did you do anything in Japan when you, uh, after your win? Did you spend any time in Japan? Did you just head right back to Las Vegas uh, to get the arm looked at? No, we went out that night. We went out to Rapunki. I, ha- I have some friends, uh, in Japan, and I had, I had some friends from Australia, actually, that, that came over. They were doing a jiu-jitsu tournament, and so they were able to come out and, uh, and enjoy the night with us. So we, we definitely lived it up a little bit, a little bit of the nightlife, but uh, didn't get too crazy. Just kind of had some drinks and danced a little bit, had some laughs, made some memories. I'm just, how do you not go to Rapungi and not have a, how do you go to Rapungi and not have a crazy night? That seems like almost impossible. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I think now I'm 30 or, you know, I just turned 30 this year. I just, I don't know if uh, crazy nights are really, really uh, in, in my car as much anymore. No, I'll, I'll get out, I'll, I'll get out every now and then maybe once every every couple of years have a crazy night but man that shit catches that i just can't do it anymore right? like i used to when i was young that shit takes too long to recover oh man oh. especially also hopefully no you didn't get any of those scammers or any of those uh nefarious people that are in rapungi trying to get you to like come into their club and then you wind up waking up the next morning with a missing kidney or something like that no no uh, like thankfully i actually have friends like in japan they're americans they speak japanese and they, they take the best care of me, dude. Like so, I really lucked out. Plus, like I, I living in Vegas, man. I I can I can see that shit a mile off. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> they could they could try all that. Johnny, we can pretty much understand that because Andrew is in his early thirties. I myself and am I'm in my mid to late twenties, so we can understand. You know, trying to tone down the party lifestyle while still trying to have a good time. Yes, absolutely. I I disagree. I'm 32, and I go out. I I maybe get drunk on almost every weekend, and you know I I have no regrets about it. I know Christian, you don't drink, so you're the outlier. Yeah, but you don't drink. You, you, but you don't. There's a different. There's a difference. Drinking supposedly. It apparently wears you down later in life, but so far it hasn't done to me because maybe also I started drinking much later in life because I realized how depressing life can be after you graduate college. Um, true story. Well, God bless you, man. At least we still got one, one on the front line for us. So we can hold it down still. <laughs> uh, but actually, speaking of age, uh, Johnny, uh, I, I think we talked a little bit about it last time, but uh, just to go into more detail, how much longer do you see yourself fighting um, going on, doing this, uh, the, uh, the fighting uh, lifestyle? Uh, until I don't enjoy it, man. Until until I 
until my body says enough or until I, I, I get to the point where it's not fun anymore, you know? But I honestly feel like I'm just hitting my prime, you know? I feel like I'm the best I've ever been physically, mentally, emotionally. Like, I feel like I'm in a place in my life now where I'm, I'm happy and uh, this is all fun again, man. I love fighting. I love what I do. And uh, I really can't see myself doing anything else in the immediate future. So uh, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking rock it till the wheels fall off, man. Oh, that, that's, that sounds exciting. Yeah, man. No, like like Christian said, you're 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 on a four fight win streak, and you know you've just been lighting up and rising, just really just making make uh, kicking ass and taking names, as they say. You really have been. It's been really like quite a. It's been a great run so far. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm just gonna keep keep stacking bodies and keep collecting paychecks, and we'll see what happens. And uh, in the meantime, in between the, the sorry, Christian, did you have something to say? Well, here's what I can tell you. When you go back to Japan... Because the reason why I asked that, Johnny, is what are your thoughts about Cain Velasquez? He's supposed to be ah. competing a big professional wrestling event down in Mexico this weekend. It's supposed to be his pro wrestling debut. Do you have any thoughts about that? Oh, wow. That, that's awesome, actually. That's really cool. I think he, he could be a big star. I mean, uh, you know, he, he wrestled collegiately. You know, obviously he's a bad, bad motherfucker in MMA, too, so... I think that's a really good fit for him. I think he'll do really well. I don't know if I can exactly agree with that 100%. As a guy, um, the reason why is because as, as he is a guy with bad knees, you know, he falls on that ring the wrong way. Uh, they're, they're, they're stretching him out like they, like like he did to Kitaoka. He's not going to have a good time. That's what I worry about. Yeah, that's a good insight. That's, that's a good but actually, I'll say this: If you ever go to, when you go back to Japan, if you ever have an opportunity, go see some Japanese pro wrestling because they legitimately beat the shit out of each other in the ring. They do not hold back. Okay, yeah, I will have to back when I get to October. So I think I'm actually gonna go earlier this time in October because they only they only fly us in like three days before the fight, and then like we fly home the day after the fight. So I don't really have a whole lot of time to check things out. So I think I'm gonna go like a week earlier and. Uh, I definitely think I'll have to check out some Japanese wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian, do you have any more questions? Nah, I'm done. Okay, well, John, I just want to give you an opportunity to plug your sponsors, plug your social media, teammates, uh, whatever, uh, whoever else you want to give a shout-out to. Absolutely, man. I think I, I appreciate you guys for taking the time and, and you know, giving me an interview and giving me a platform to, uh, to you know, to really reach my fans and, um, but thank you guys. Uh, my sponsors, I'd love to thank Elipsinol, uh, to- uh, 
Tokyo Hip Cafe, uh, AZ, IV Medics. Uh, thank every, every one of my training partners, every one of my coaches at Extreme Mature. Thank all my friends and family for, you know, allowing me to, to live this, sel- this selfish lifestyle. You know, it's a lot of work being a fighter, and it's not always the, the easiest thing. You know, you got to miss out on birthdays, miss out on weddings, you miss out on, you know, holidays, and it's not, it's not easy. So I, I really appreciate the love and support that my family and my friends give me. No, no problem. And we're always happy to give a voice to people who are or the fighters fighting for Japan, uh, rising or non-rising. We feel we feel we we started this because there's not a voice for a lot of outlets for a lot of fighters who are doing stuff like what you're doing to get to get out there. You know, the, everybody's listening to the UFC, listening to what Colby Covington or Conor McGregor's gonna say next. You know, that's how. Yeah. And um. Unfortunately, you're right. Yeah, and so you know that's why we you know that's why we do this because we want to give an outlet we we want to give a voice to the voiceless I guess you could say as a famous pro wrestler once said. <laughs> I like that. I like it. But uh, yeah, John, we cannot wait to see you in Ryzen again. I hope you'll be at Ryzen nineteen. That's that's what it's looking like. And yeah, you know we definitely would love to talk to you when that fight happens. And you know this tournament, you know right now I could say for myself you're my favorite in my to- in this tournament right now. I appreciate that. I really appreciate you. Christian, Christian, what do you think about uh, Johnny and uh, and, the, and the tournament? Is he your favorite? Well, to be quite honest, if he's not my favorite now, he's going to be once everything gets all cleared up. But one more thing, Johnny. I mean, before you, I mean, before we get off the air with you, do you, I mean, do you want to give a quick, ah, I mean, do you want to give a quick plug contact you. Yeah, you guys, absolutely, guys. Hit me up on my Instagram, hit me up on my Twitter at Hollywood Pace, and on my uh, my Facebook page is Johnny Hollywood Pace. Hit me up, guys. Give me a follow. Uh, reach out to me. I, I always reach back to my fans, and, and uh, I definitely I'll, I'll keep it interesting. <laughs> absolutely, and uh, yes, and John, we can't wait to talk to you again when uh, when this lightweight tournament gets off the ground. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Congratulations on the win, and also, you know, uh, if anybody wants to see it, uh, Fight TV. Oh. Sorry, Christian, what was that? Mm-hmm. Oh no, I was just to say, if you want to rewatch a fight, go on Fight TV, uh, order the replay, uh, and just watch this 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 incredible beating that uh, Johnny Case gives to uh, Satoru Kitawoka. And uh, yes, uh, Johnny, we'll be talking again in the future. Outstanding, fellas. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. No problem. Take care. Other than that, Johnny, may peace be with you, and we hope that your next training camp goes well. Hell yeah. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Andrew. No problem. You have a great day now.